Chapter Eighteen of The Mikado Jewel by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Eighteen. Pleasure. Count Akira did not return so soon to Beckley as he had promised, for he wrote that official business still detained him in London. But during the third week after his departure, his yacht, the Miko, steamed into the ferry bay and cast anchor a quarter of a mile off shore. It was Basil who espied her first immediately after breakfast, and he ran up a flag on the pole erected on the lawn. The Miko dipped her ensign in reply, and shortly a boat put off, which doubtless was bringing Akira on his return visit. Basil walked down to the beach to meet him. There was a tiny pier on the right of the beach which ran into deep water, and the boat made for this. Basil, with his hands in his pockets, stared at the yacht. She was a graceful boat of some two thousand tons, and her hull was painted white, while her one funnel was darkly blue. The chrysanthemum flag of Japan streamed from one of her mastheads, and she looked a singularly beautiful object as she rocked on the blue waters of the bay. Basil judged from her lines that she was swift, but he had little time to take in much, as the boat which approached at a furious pace was a small steam launch she came alongside the pier in a few minutes and how is my good friend dane asked akira hoisting himself up like a monkey and removing his cap you see i am here as promised they shook hands and basil thought that akira looked very workmanlike in his smart blue yachting dress a wiry brown lithe little man was the japanese keen-eyed and alert the most casual observer could see that if necessary he could make himself very disagreeable i am glad to see you again akira said basil come up to the house the count gave a few directions to the officer in charge of the launch and then placed himself at his friend's disposal all are well in your family i hope he remarked as they strolled up through the woods my uncle has broken his leg i regret to say indeed akira looked shocked i am very sorry how did it happen basil gave him a hasty description of the accident in fact akira he added with a puzzled look since you went away everything has gone wrong what do you mean asked the japanese quietly and his face became entirely devoid of emotion what i say my uncle broke his leg and has lost a lawsuit which he hoped to gain theodore and i have quarrelled and the house is as dull as tombs i hope miss carroll is not dull observed akira politely dane turned swiftly to observe the expression of the little man's face he had said more than he had meant to say on the impulse of the moment and now that he had said so much he deliberately said more apparently akira who was very sharp had noted during his visit symptoms of love-making it was just as well to let him know how matters stood for after all the japanese was not a bad little fellow miss carroll is engaged to marry me said basil drawing a deep breath i congratulate you but i am not surprised i saw much when i was here on my visit he paused then went on shrewdly i do not wonder that you have had a quarrel with your brother never mind that akira said basil hastily i really did not intend to tell you that it slipped out akira nodded 
you must permit me to send you and miss carroll a present from my own country when i reach it he remarked changing the subject it is very good of you i am sure miss carroll will be delighted when do you sail for the east to-morrow i have secured an excellent appointment at tokyo it is very good of you to anchor here and delay your journey said basil cordially and akira gave a little laugh as the young man spoke oh i had a reason he said coolly i never do anything without a reason dane i shall tell my reason to mr colpster if he is to be seen oh yes he is out of bed although he has not yet left his room the leg is mending splendidly and he lies mostly on the sofa in his bedroom i am sure he will be delighted to see you and miss mara will she be delighted basil again gave a side glance but was far from suspecting why the remark had been made don't you make her dance any more said dane nervously no i promise you that i won't do that answered akira his face again becoming so unemotional that basil could not tell what he was thinking about but you have not answered my question here is mara to answer for herself said dane and he spoke truly for as they advanced towards the front door of the house it opened suddenly and mara flew out with sparkling eyes count akira i am so glad to see you again is that your boat what a nice boat she is when did you arrive and what are mara 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 remonstrated basil laughing how can the man answer so many questions all at once i would need gargantua's mouth as your shakespeare says observed akira with a quiet smile and his eyes also sparkled at the sight of the girl come inside akira and i will tell miss carroll said dane hospitably he stepped into the house but akira did not follow immediately he lingered behind with mara and after a glance at the many windows of the house he gave her hand a friendly shake but his words were warmer than his gesture for they were meant for mara's private ear while the handshake was for the benefit of any onlooker i have come you see you are glad and his black eyes looked volumes mara nodded and from being a pale lily became a dewy rose of course did i not promise to love you for seven lives your father will not understand that said akira dryly mara started will you tell him she asked anxiously the count bowed stiffly i am a japanese gentleman he said in cool and high-bred tones and so i can do nothing against my honour i cannot take you with me unless your father consents but he will not breathed mara becoming pale with emotion he will already this morning he has received a long letter from me which i sent from london it explains how i love you and asks for your hand but you are not of my religion whispered mara distressed he may object to that i think not as your father from what i see is of no particular religion himself i have a special license in my pocket we can be married to-day in your own church and by your own priest when we reach japan we can be married according to shinto rites but your family i have my uncle in london on hearing all about you he has agreed there will be no trouble with my family mara still nervous would have asked further questions and would have put forward further objections but that patricia made her appearance at the door 
she looked singularly beautiful although she was not so in akira's eyes he preferred the small features and colourless looks of mara patricia's face was too boldly cut and too highly coloured to be approved of by an oriental how are you count said miss carroll shaking hands very well and you but i need not ask miss carroll akira laughed in a very sympathetic way for him dane has told me oh patricia blushed i wish you all happiness and may you be united for seven lives what does that mean i know i know cried mara clapping her hands and jumping in japan we all believe in reincarnation and lovers promise each other to love during seven earth seasons but you are not a japanese mara said patricia wondering that the girl should so boldly couple herself with akira yes i am mara asserted decidedly my body is english but my soul is japanese i now know that i was amiko in the temple of kitsuki three hundred years ago and that i loved him she pointed to akira who smiled assentingly oh what nonsense said miss carroll rather crossly it is your imagination you silly child and then before mara could contradict her she turned to the count mr colpster wants to see you she remarked will you follow me i want to come also said mara and grasping akira's hand she went into the house they looked at one another adoringly and smiled at the bedroom door patricia left them as the squire had intimated that he wished to see akira privately miss carroll therefore desired to take mara downstairs with her but the girl refused to go i have to speak to my father also she declared obstinately and i must do so while the count is present as you please replied miss carroll finding it impossible to move the girl and knowing mara's obstinate disposition of old you will find me in the library when you come down with basil cried out mara mischievously and patricia looked back to give a smiling nod then the two entered the bedroom mr colpster was lying on the sofa near a large fire wrapped in his dressing-gown and looked thin since his illness had rather pulled him down he also appeared to be somewhat cross and shook at akira several sheets of blue paper with an angry air i received your letter this morning he said sharply and without greeting his visitor in any way that is good said akira politely it will save me the trouble of an explanation mr colpster i think not growled the squire i must know more and in any case i do not intend to consent oh father you must cried mara indignantly go downstairs child said her father quickly i wish to speak alone with this this gentleman but mara stood her ground what the count has to say concerns me she declared obstinately i shan't go colpster stormed vainly while akira looked on passively but nothing would move mara from the position which she had taken up she simply laughed at her father and in the end he had to yield a grudging consent to her remaining in the room and now sir he said when this was settled and again shaking the sheets of blue paper at akira i understand from this that you wish to marry my daughter mara of course it is quite impossible why asked akira calmly and holding mara's hand because you are not an englishman spluttered the squire if i was a frenchman or a german 
you would not object retorted the count coolly why not say that it is because i am not a european very good then i say it you are of the yellow race and mara is of the white marriage between you is ridiculous i don't think so sir mara looked at her father disdainfully i don't know why you talk so she said with a shrug i intend to marry count akira to-day and go away with him to-morrow to japan in our yacht our yacht indeed echoed the squire angrily and then stared at the pale obstinate face of his daughter framed in a nimbus of feathery golden hair oh you are a minx you never loved me i can't help that said mara doggedly i never loved any one until i met with the count i couldn't understand myself until i danced that night in the drawing-room danced the miko kagura what is that what is she talking about colster turned to akira the count explained politely when i came here sir i noticed that miss colpster was greatly interested in what i had to say about my own country and often when i told her of things she said that she remembered them how could that be when she has never been out of england that is what puzzled me until i one night by way of an experiment and to convince myself placed on the fire some incense used in the temple of kitsuki and played on a flute the music of the miko kagura which is a holy dance miss colpster rose and performed it perfectly then all the past came back to her as she told me later what past demanded the squire much bewildered the past of her life in japan three hundred years ago oh that is rubbish it is true cried mara in a thrilling voice and raised her arms i was a miko of the kitsuki temple three hundred years ago that is why i remembered about the emerald when theodore sent me into a trance and for the same reason i could describe the shrine i loved the count then when we wore other bodies and i promised to love him for seven lives this time i have been born in england but he has come for me here and i am going with him to my native land oh you are quite mad said colpster furiously mad or sane let me marry her mr colpster pleaded akira from my letter you can see that i am going to occupy an excellent official position at tokyo and that i am of very high rank in japan besides being wealthy i love your daughter because i truly believe strange as it may seem to you that we loved three hundred years ago i have a special license in my pocket and if you consent we can go to your church this day and get married according to your religion when we reach japan we shall be married according to mine do you consent no it's ridiculous you have only known mara a few weeks i have loved her for three hundred years insisted akira smiling i don't believe in that rubbish mara seized her lover's hand i am tired of all this she said in her old fashion why can't you leave me alone i marry the count colpster saw that whether he gave his consent or not she would certainly do so and after all as he asked himself what did it matter mara had never displayed any affection for any single person since she had always lived in a dream world of her own now that he had decided to leave the property to basil and patricia on condition that they assumed the name of colpster mara was unnecessary 
finally it was certain that she would be happier in japan than in england since there was evidently no future for her in the west the squire did not believe in reincarnation all the same he admitted that mara's many oddities suggested that she was a soul born out of time and place but that his daughter should marry one of the yellow race offended the old man's pride he was just about to open his mouth and refuse permission again when akira spoke blandly if you consent said akira i will send you someone who can tell you who killed your housekeeper how do you know asked colpster startled i have been making inquiries in town consent and you shall know all and consent said mara stepping up to her father and bending to whisper in his ear or i shall tell the count that you have the emerald colpster turned white how do you know he whispered back i saw you slip it under your pillow one day it is there now if you don't let me marry the count he shall take it from you now the squire breathed heavily and dark circles appeared under his sunken eyes as mara stepped back to stand beside her lover he knew that his daughter did not love him or anyone else but he had never believed she would have spoken as she had done undoubtedly the theory of reincarnation was a correct one she was an eastern soul in a western body i consent to the marriage he said in cold dry hard tones you could go to the church on the moor and get the affair settled i cannot come myself but basil and patricia can go with you mara you had better tell your maid to pack your clothes since you leave to-morrow everything is already packed said mara turning at the door and looking cool and white and more shadowy than ever i shall come and say good-bye no don't shouted the squire as she went out you go also akira the count smiled blandly and walked to the door i shall keep my promise sir and to-night you will receive one who will be able to tell you the whole truth of what has puzzled you for so long when akira disappeared the squire tore the blue letter and threw the pieces into the fire he had done with mara she was no longer any daughter of his and indeed she never had been always cold always indifferent a very shadow of what a daughter should have been he was well rid of her this traitress who would have surrendered the emerald colpster felt under his sofa pillow and pulled out the gem it was wrapped in paper and he enfolded this to gaze at it a knock at the door made him hastily smuggle it away again basil entered immediately and looked worried is it true uncle that akira and mara are to be married he asked abruptly quite true akira has brought down a special license go with patricia and see that all is shipshape but uncle george surely you don't want mara to marry a japanese what does it matter whether i give my consent or not mara will do what she wants to do there is some rubbish about reincarnation between them about loving for seven lives or for three hundred years i don't understand these things but what i do understand cried colpster with cold fury raising himself on his elbow is that mara does not love me and that i intend to cut her out of my will send jarvis to handle and tell curtis the lawyer to come over at once you will have the property basil and then can marry patricia theodore can go away 
i won't have him in the house after the way he has insulted your future wife as to mara she can go to the devil or to japan i never wish to set eyes on her again but what has she done asked basil bewildered the squire could have told him but did not intend to since that would mean revealing that the mikado jewel was under the sofa pillow never mind i am well rid of her and so are you and so are we all only see that this japanese marries her properly dane argued implored and stormed but all to no purpose his uncle vowed that if mara remained he would turn her penniless from the house and basil was sufficiently acquainted with his obstinate character to be certain that he would keep his word under the circumstances it seemed reasonable that mara should lie on the bed she had made and the young man making the best of a bad job went away to get patricia he would act as akira's best man and patricia could follow mara as her solitary bridesmaid whatever might be the outcome of this sudden arrangement basil determined to see that the marriage was legal and when he saw the joy and delight of mara and the lover-like attentions of akira he began to think that his uncle had acted for the best in the face of mara's obstinacy nothing else could be done although basil being a true englishman did not relish the japanese as a cousin-in-law all the same he approved of akira's fine qualities and knew that from a worldly point of view mara was making a brilliant match obeying instructions he sent jarvis for the hindle lawyer when with the prospective bride and bridegroom he and patricia were on their way to the quaint old church on the moor where so many colsters were buried the clergyman could not disobey a special license so that was all right and he hoped to return later with the pair married indeed had basil possessed a special license himself he also would have stood before the altar with patricia but such things were far beyond the means of a poor lieutenant of his majesty's navy meanwhile the squire received curtis and made a new will which made no mention of mara and theodore but left the entire colpster estates to basil provided that he took the family name and married patricia carroll when the testament had been duly signed sealed and delivered the squire decided to keep it in his possession until the morrow so that he could show it to the young couple curtis wished to take it with him but colpster refused and finally departed without even a copy of the document however he promised to call the next day and take it with him for safety just as the lawyer departed theodore entered the bedroom what's all this about he asked sharply his uncle looked at him with a frown what do you mean entering my room without knocking he demanded in his turn i beg your pardon said theodore with forced lightness but everything seems at sixes and sevens since that infernal yacht came in all the servants are getting themselves ready to go to the entertainment to-night and i can't get anyone to answer my bell wait until miss carroll returns and she will see to things said colpster indifferently i can't be bothered where is miss carroll i have been in my room all day and when i came down i couldn't find any one basil and patricia have gone to attend the marriage of mara and akira theodore stepped back and then stepped forward he could scarcely believe his ears have you allowed that he asked in consternation yes akira is a good match and mara loves him but he's a japanese 
what does that matter i don't believe in marriages between members of different races colster looked at him cynically what the devil does it matter what you believe i agreed to the marriage for two or rather for three reasons in the first place mara would have married in any case had i not consented in the second she threatened if i did not agree to tell akira about the emerald which he would then have taken from me in the third place akira said that if i agreed he would send someone to-night to tell me all about the murder of martha and reveal the name of the person who did it it was a priest with a scar on his cheek who did it said theodore in vigorous tones will he akira that is send him i don't know don't bother me said the squire turning over on his pillows i'll see him when you are all out of the house i'm not going to that infernal entertainment said theodore snappishly as i don't approve of mara marrying that yellow man i shall stay here and listen to what this emissary of akira's has to say oh do what you like do what you like only don't bother me said colpster again and very sharply clear out please all right theodore went towards the door only i want to say one thing curtis has been here have you cut mara out of your will yes although it is no business of yours when she marries akira she will have plenty of money well then i suppose said theodore shooting his arrow you know that patricia and basil are engaged yes i am aware of that and i wish them joy aren't you angry uncle theodore was astounded no why should i be i like patricia i fancy you loved her and wished to marry her colpster rolled over and glared fiercely he was annoyed that his secret should have been discovered by theodore of all people since he hated him so ardently i never did wish to marry patricia he said furiously and telling a smooth lie i look upon her as a daughter i have always looked upon her as a daughter when basil told me that she had consented to be his wife i was delighted i am delighted oh growled theodore wincing and thrusting his hands deep into his pockets so you brought curtis over to alter your will yes i have left everything to basil and patricia what about me theodore by this time was ghastly pale oh you can go to the devil said his uncle carelessly you insulted miss carroll so i pay you out the will cutting you off is here he patted his pocket before theodore could express the rage which consumed him there came the sound of advancing feet and the laughter of happy people the door was suddenly thrown open by basil and patricia entered followed by the bridegroom and the bride arm in arm english fashion allow me said patricia gaily and in a ringing voice to present to you mr colpster the count and countess akira End of chapter eighteen